0: Hey, this is Heather. Hey, this is Liz. This week, we're looking at the Batman Hush series, but the movie this time. Spoilers. Yep, let's hit that music.
1: How's your week been?
0: Um, It's been good. It's been busy. But, yep. you
1: know. Yeah, mine was terrible. It was, oh. <laughs> I ended up traveling this past week. I went on a trip with my sister and my niece to go surprise my brother in New York City. It started out great. We had a great flight, landed perfectly, and then sat on the tarmac for three. Three hours. Is
0: this coming back or in New York?
1: This was getting into LaGuardia. Now, we went as a surprise for my brother because his birthday is coming up. The goal was... We were coming in in the afternoon, we were going to get our stuff, we were going to get to their house and be there when he got home from work as a surprise and so that we could have dinner with him and with my nieces before they had to go to bed. Yeah, so that all went to shit because, you know, we're sitting on the tarmac for three hours and then it took forever to unload the plane and just like started a catastrophe of events. I mean, I'm so glad I got to go see them, but Jesus, it was tired. And I'm telling you, I need my Frankie and Mer spray the bitch away like you would not believe it this week.
0: (laughs) I have just felt so... So grabby. I uh, was on a plane where they said, can whoever's using the essentials oils, please stop doing that?
1: <laughs> yeah, you know what? On a plane, <laughs> that's a terrible idea. And I actually have a lot of allergies and stuff. So anything like that, I've just found out Southwest apparently finally went peanut free last year. Yeah, it's been recent. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have to worry about dying anymore, which is nice. But I don't get the early boarding anymore, which is half a half <laughs> dozen of one. I, I've been really excited about this episode. We've been talking about it for a couple of months now. You guys remember back in April, we had Bat Month, which is our first theme month ever. And we did that for your birthday, Heather. And then next week, is it next week? Um, mm-hmm. Coming up for September, we're doing our second theme month, which is Shark Month, which I'm super excited about. So that's for my birthday.
0: Oh, you know what? It's well, not next week. No, I think it's the week yeah. after. But
1: yeah. Anyway, so we have that coming up the beginning of September. And I'm, I'm very excited. But in the interim, we have a little crossover that we're going to do in here where for as part of our bat month, we covered. Hush, the comic and graphic novel, and we absolutely loved it. You can go back and listen to that episode from April. It was fantastic. We just rant and rave about it because we love it.
0: Yeah, we knew about DC Animated was going to turn it into a movie.
1: Yes, and I have been looking forward to this for months. And we finally just got the movie, and we both agreed to watch it yesterday. We sat down and watched it. So now we're here to talk to you about it and how we feel about it after... Having read the comic.
0: Full disclosure, it's a lot different than the comic book. It's
1: so different. <laughs> like, I was talking to Paul about it because he watched it with me, and he had not yet read the graphic novel and had not listened to our Hush, Hush episode because he hadn't gotten a chance to read the comic. And so he was watching it with me. He's like, oh, this is in, like, the New 52 style, or it looks very different. Like, there's this and that. And I'm like, Meh.
0: Yeah, that classic um, Batman and Catwoman kissing, that's new 52. All over it. Yeah. Even Poison Ivy had that look to her. So it was kind of a far cry from some of the others, but I was thinking about it. And our most recent Batman animated stuff has been stylized for like Ninja Batman, which was awesome, by the way. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it had uh, different types of anime and manga slant. And then Gotham by Gath- Gotham by Gaslight. <laughs> Had, uh, you know, Jack the Ripper era. Yeah. What it did not have was the
1: Jim Lee look at all.
0: Not even a little. Not
1: bit. even a little. Like, okay, I, I was talking to someone about it yesterday. I was talking to Walker the Geek about it on Twitter yesterday, and he had seen it and he was curious about my thoughts. It was kind of like you go watch an episode of Supernatural, right? Let's just say late era Supernatural here, and then. You go watch an episode of Scooby-Doo from 1962. That was the feeling
0: I got. Exactly. I lost a lot of the detail and the, the really beautiful visuals. That we get from Jim Lee.
1: Yeah. I mean, the, the graphic novel on Hush is so vibrant and everything is just, again, it's, it's a feast for your senses to really try to take everything in and get, get everything in one, you know, bite as you do. And then to have the animated version be so muted and kind of dull was like, oh, that was a disappointment for me right off the bat. Before they even touch the story.
0: Exactly. Because, I mean, Jim Lee has these really fine brush strokes, uh, you know, the inking strokes that add dimension to the color. Mm-hmm. And this had none of that. No. Somehow they made Poison Ivy look like She-Hulk.
1: <laughs> she did look like She-Hulk. She was massive and green.
0: And I mean, and her legs were freaking built. Like, normally they don't do that in the comic books. Normally the comic books, even though they kick... Men across the room—they have no muscle tone, but they have the sexy Barbie legs. Yeah, <laughs>
1: which, which okay, you know what—I'm okay with a a more stacked, you know, setup, but it just wasn't it wasn't what I was looking for and then you know so again the initial look of it was not what I was anticipating and so that was a little bit of a, a letdown for me actually it was a pretty large letdown for me and then the story started and I was tra- I didn't have my my graphic novel with me like I wasn't looking at it while I was watching the movie but I was like wait a minute I don't remember this being like the story yeah like yes there's a little boy kidnapped right okay first of all spoilers we've already said that I'm sure spoiler spoiler spoiler. but so that you know they kidnapped the little boy but in the graphic novel, it's Killer Croc that does it. Yeah. And all of this is so out of character for him. And, you know, we talked about this. There's such a rogues gallery of both heroes and villains in Hush in the story, that it's amazing. And it's also really great because it gives you an opportunity. If you're not super familiar with some of the more extended, uh, villain villains, catalog-, yeah. catalog, if you will, you know, it gives you the opportunity to see more of a killer croc that we don't really see too much unless it's suicide squad or, you know, to see Huntress, who is a, you know, she's a hero on, you know, on this, in the story. She's not in it. They swap her out with Batgirl. And so it almost seemed like they just took the story and then kind of simplified it to the lowest common denominator. Like, okay, well, everybody knows who Bane is, and everybody knows who
0: Batgirl is. And then they make Batgirl whiny, like, you got my boss. And like, (sighs) I know, in the graphic novel, Batgirl wasn't Batgirl anymore. She was uh, Overwatch. And, you know, she saved Batman.
1: Yeah. And Huntress was the one who goes and actually physically like moves him and saves him. And then, you know, uh, Nightwing is there and does his part. And, you know, there's this big working together. And it's... It's not just all Batman. We're back to Batman being, you know, the the boss of me kind of thing, and, and Nightwing trying to fight against it a little bit and everything else. And it's like, you know, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of good story in Hush, and they just kind of meh, kind of dumbed it.
0: Yeah, and Hush ended up being focused around two villains, and I won't spoil it a hundred percent. Right. But they took one of them completely out. Yes. And that was, that was the biggest one. That was
1: the big reveal. And they got yeah. rid of that together and just, and, you know, in the end of the graphic novel for Hush, there's like the other villain comes out and you're like, Oh, so you were pulling strings. But in the, the film adaptation, they've, they made him the big bad and then took this like extra
0: 15, 20 minutes of storyline onto the end that just Yeah, it wasn't ugh. necessary. Uh, uh-uh. the whole dynamic of the Batman, Bat, er, Batgirl. <laughs> No, not Batgirl. We're not talking Killing Joke today. <laughs> no, not today. Um, The whole Batman and Catwoman storyline, it was really romanticized. It was, you know, there was so much uh, sex in it, and mm-hmm. which is fine. It's just it wasn't in the graphic novel. And even my husband said, it's like Batman wrote this. <laughs> like, yeah. He yeah. wants to like, it's like, hey, look at me. <laughs> Dear Penthouse,
1: <laughs> listen to what happened to me this weekend. Uh, yeah, it was overdone. And and it made it much more weirdly intentional than it kind of ended up being in the in the graphic novel. Like he's having, you know, the relationship with her as Batman Catwoman, though he knows she is Selena Kyle. She doesn't know, you know, that Batman is Bruce Wayne yet. And in the in the graphic novel, like they just kind of keep bumping into each other as Bruce and Selena, right? Like they bump into each other at the opera. They weren't specifically going together. But, you know, in the movie, they've made it so that
0: they were on a date. Like they just yeah, they just changed the whole I don't know they just changed the whole dynamic of it. They changed the dynamic of Robin. First of all, Robin was Damien and and he was not dressed like Robin at all at any no, point. he
1: was dressed like baby billionaire like in the back of a limo with a dog. I'm like, what is happening? He wasn't even in the movie. Like he wasn't in the book.
0: <laughs> yeah, part of the dynamic was him and Selena Kyle kind of fighting because they kind of had this you know, my love for Bruce or Batman uh, fight and that didn't happen and Nightwing was in a, a shit ton and he was was hardly in the graphic novel.
1: Yeah, and in the thing, he's just playing like marriage counselor. I'm like, why?
0: What? And so supportive. Like, okay, yeah, like, he was we, not we supportive gotcha. in
1: the in the novel at all. He's like, what the fuck are you doing? Though he d- he did tell Bruce, he's like, if you're gonna try to have a relationship with her. She has to know everything like you can't do this half-assed and I thought that was, you know, that's true. Like you can't have secret identities and be hiding shit from people and expect to have a healthy relationship out of it. But they put way too much effort onto that relationship and absolutely zero effort into the Thomas Elliot connection.
0: I know. We only saw Thomas Elliot for like two little scenes and so that made his death, spoiler, um, so much less impactful. It just didn't matter to us because we just saw him a couple times they show us too much about the joker part like the joker's lily literally in like one page two pages of the graphic comic yes i did enjoy the scene with the joker in the prison though in arkham that was great i mean that wasn't in the book at all but it was great now that was kind of fun and i felt that the joker and the harley quinn dialogue was very true to their characters Mm -hmm. but yet were funny and they were actually your comic relief out of it
1: yeah and i like it when they are in those kind of positions that... That's better for me. I like that.
0: But I don't know. I
1: just, I feel like they missed a really golden opportunity to expand the casual Batman's fan, you know, deepen their horizons a little bit to to bring a richer story and to bring a better catalog of both heroes and
0: villains to play. Yeah, I had a tough time when they discussed the relationship again. Batman kind of jumped all in. Hardly any hesitation, Mm -hmm. which is not Batman. No It's clearly not uh, Bruce Wayne. And then they had the reason for their separation, completely different than the real reason, mm-hmm. which is more in line with Batman. So I feel like the whole story, we lost a lot of the essence of Batman.
1: Yeah, there's also a, another death in there that doesn't happen in the graphic novel or the universe. So again, it's just kind of a, what did
0: they do? Yeah,
1: It's like they, they heard about Hush, they read somebody's Wikipedia page about it, and then they tried to use that to write the storyline
0: yeah it was very loosely put together and there were some key aspects that i kind of missed and what we can do is uh you know if you want we can take a break and we can come back and we can talk about very specific things that we liked about hush that we missed here yes. I- i'm going to hush the graphic novel yeah i think that's a good idea hello is anybody here uh, hold on, hold on, I'm coming. All right, I see you liked my bell over there. Yeah, it's a nice bell. Um, Do you have any games or something that we could play just to pass the time? I think I've got exactly what you're looking for. Missing Roleplayer Found brings you another odd adventure in Odd Doggies, where characters from our SAO campaign and a special guest from Lit Gaming Arena play a Dungeons and Doggies module in 5th edition. Join us every Sunday for the next part in this awesome adventure, up until we go back to sort our online odd this September. Hey, Heather, so you've been listening to a lot of podcasts this week? I have because I'm getting paid for them.
1: I know. I love it. I've listened to probably 12 to 20 hours of podcasting in the last week. And it's just insane that I'm racking up the coins on PodCoin while I'm doing it.
0: It's giving me an excuse to listen to them because I'm able to either gather my coins for charity or actually gather my coins for me. Yay. So you guys should check out PodCoin too. We really love it. It's increased our listenership. We are earning
1: coins for doing so. It's available if you are Apple or Android, super fun. And if you want to get 300 free coins, all you have to do is use our code, which is NERDY, N-E-R-D-Y, and you can get those free coins to get you started.
0: All right, so keep on listening. Okay, well, we're back. And so we wanted to talk about some of the changes from Hush, the graphic novel, to Hush, the animated movie, and see what we liked and what we didn't like. Yeah, let's try and do it without spoiling the big bad Okay. I think we spoiled... Actually, I don't know. Did we spoil the big bad in the episode? I don't think we did. No, we didn't because it wasn't that big
1: of a bad in that... Gra- you know, like, I mean, we yes. did. We, we talked about the big bad in the graphic novel, which is completely different than the big bad in the movie. Mm-hmm. And so I, I'm pretty sure we did spoil that one because that was the whole crux of what we were talking about but in this one and again
0: you know like we didn't get talia al ghul we didn't get raj al ghul we i'm fine with that well i am fine with that that was (laughs) that was just okay in fact i even bitched about it during our graphic novel episode it's like all of a sudden batman is out fighting some dude with (laughs) a sword (laughs) he's a ninja now yeah that that part
1: was a little like what But it did make a little bit more sense about the Lazarus pool and the addition of Clayface and some of the things that that made the – the initial revelation become bigger down the down the line, because what we thought happened didn't happen. And what we thought was happening was completely different. And then something at, at the end. So not having them there, it, you know, it didn't hurt anything. But also like, yes, we have five seconds of Lex Luthor, but it has nothing to do now he's a member of the Justice League. Like what like that wasn't he was a president at that point, like it wasn't and he was still anti Batman and Superman. So it was just kind of a I don't know, it's like they just took it out of the universe all Together and just said, eh. it, it honestly could to me have been any version of a Batman animated series, you know, type of run. It, it didn't feel mm. big or special or different, you know.
0: Yeah, and I think that's the problem is they were trying to bring it, keep it in the world of the Justice League. Yeah, which is why so many key elements were taken out because they were in the wrong time frame, or mm-hmm. the wrong timeline. So that was one thing. Is that uh, in the graphic novel, Bruce Wayne owned. Ah, uh, the Daily Planet. Yep, and in this one, he just threatened to own the Daily Planet. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Okay, yeah. In the graphic novel, he he and Clark and Lois all totally know who everyone is. Like, you know, that's that's all the, all an in thing. On this one, it seems sketchier. Like, it's there's not as there was not as much of that relationship either at all. Yeah, no. so.
0: Yeah, so that's another difference is in the uh, graphic novel, Superman actually gave Batman the tools in which to bring him down should he ever need it. In the movie, it's just kryptonite brass knuckles. Yes, that Batman acquired all on his own, mm-hmm. not because he had any kind of relationship with Superman. Yeah, no, just had him. Yeah. Yep. Also, in the uh, in the same scene, when they threw Lois Lane off of the roof to get to snap uh, Superman back into reality, apparently Batman had no idea at the time time right and in the graphic novel that was his idea well it was the plan it was like you can either get jimmy
1: or you can get lois because he knew selena didn't know about the relationship between superman and lois lane necessarily but i guess she you know figured it out or figured enough out on her own but in this one it's like well i didn't tell you to throw her off the roof she's like eh i improvised you were getting
0: your ass kicked because he was yeah i think that batman wrote this to make himself look very cool <laughs>
1: This is so like-, like Batman writing fan fiction about himself.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was that, uh, There was all this extra sex in it. Okay, for example, one of the noted things about Hush, the graphic novel, was that the world's greatest detective wasn't a very good detective. No. He was really bad. Mm-hmm. Or in the movie, no, he was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, the big bad was a step ahead of him, but he was thinking of things and finding connections that we did not see.
1: Well, you know, and again, in the graphic novel, there's, I would say, a third of of that book is completely dedicated to this whole relationship with Tommy Elliott, even going, you know, flashing back to them going to Metropolis as kids and their relationship with the parents, you know, some of these kind of things that, that, that made even, it didn't make it even sense why he was there. He was literally there at a, like a board party and then uh, operated on Batman when Alfred said, I'm going to call Tommy Elliott. Well, that's not how it goes in the thing at all. Like, you know, and, and I mean, there is still the ridiculousness of Bruce Wayne had major uh, head surgery and two days later is or like the next day is walking talking flying to metropolis and has not a hair out of place
0: yes so there's that that was the same issue in fact my husband was like isn't he in the hospital is this a flashback or something (laughs) i'm like no no he's out now you know it's like he
1: literally was there for 20 minutes he just drive by brain surgery you missed it. Did you blink? Done. Makes no sense.
0: Tommy Elliot's like,
1: hey, you got an awful lot of scars for someone your age, but whatever. Well, I, I thought it was really interesting that once the Joker appears in the movie, you know, and Paul had not read the the graphic novel. He's actually reading it as we speak. Um, he, even he, like when it gets to the point where Batman starts to lose control, he's like, holy shit. Like what's happening? There's also a lot of cussing in this that I don't remember being in the graphic novel.
0: There wasn't and I think it's this we need to do R rated. Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't R rated, I'm sure it was PG thirteen. There was a lot of a lot of cussing in it
1: too. Like not yeah. just your not just a random don't be a bitch, but to I me mean, it was like fuck shit. Damn, asshole. Blah 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 was like on and on and on. So Yeah. And what I like is that Catwoman did ninety percent of it. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> Catwoman did 90% of everything in this in the yeah. movie.
0: Yeah, you're right. They got into a Batman and Robin type of a crime-fighting duo, which is not what happened in the
1: movie. No, box. not even
0: a little bit. And then she gets
1: into it with Nightwing as well. I'm like, that didn't
0: happen either.
1: Like, what is happening? So, and then we just have, yeah. like, random scenes of, we're cleaning up Gotham. We're getting rid of everybody. And it's like, oh, there's a penguin. Oh, there's this. Oh, there's this one. And you're like, wait. They really gave him, like, this long term relationship. Mm-hmm. She's like, let's go on a vacation together, Bruce. We need to get away from this. We need to go on an exploratory vacation or some sort of like expedition. It was like type
0: extreme, va- extreme
1: yeah. adrenaline vacation. But I'm like, something. isn't that literally just a day in the park at Gotham for you guys? Like you're already doing this all day long. You're going to go climb a mountain?
0: I know. Maybe go on a murder mystery cruise or something. <laughs> So, one of the big things that were different, and I think it led to a lot of our nitpicky I know we're i say nitpicky, but no, you know, no, I didn't like it. I'm just gonna throw it that yeah. way, yeah. Um, is that there was a narration during the graphic novel Mm -hmm. in the movie, instead of narrating, they actually had to have a character say this thing or do that thing. And I, I think it threw it off a little bit. And wouldn't it be nice if you had smooth tones of Batman narrating for real? You know, you know what, though?
1: I when I first started reading, and I think the very, very first section, like the first floppy, whatever they call it, of the of Hush, the graphic novel is Alfred narrating. And honestly, I was hoping that would carry through. I mean, it doesn't. It switches to Batman later. But I yeah. I really like that idea of uh, Alfred being the one who's like telling the story cuz you got to imagine that would be his role. He would basically be Batman's biographer and he would be the one who would be doing damage control on what, you know, how the story's getting out and these kind of things because let's face it Batman's a megalomaniac. He would never he would never take the time yeah. to try to deal with any of this. Yeah. Other than the going out and ass-kicking and apparently fornicating all over Gotham with Catwoman. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, so I missed the narration, and I think that that added a lot to the issues. Another thing that added to my issues is that simply we read the book. Right. Uh, Because if we hadn't, I don't know if it would be any worse than, you know, maybe watching three back-to-back Justice League episodes.
1: Yeah, I don't think I would have enjoyed it as much as I did, like, Mask of the Phantasm, or when I've seen, like, Under the Red Hood, or even The Killing Joke. Something that just feels special. This felt much more like a really long episode of the animated series series but with less great voice
0: actors yeah the voice actors were terrible let's let's talk about that and i knew about it in advance so it wasn't like this crazy surprise but i mean no Kevin Conroy, no Mark Hamill, really. I know, it was like, oh, what, what? Those are your movie guys.
1: You know, and that's the thing, like, you, you go to the trouble to take this story, which is a really cool Batman story, it gives you a lot of really good depth and really layered things happening, and you strip it down, and you simplify it, and you just make it kind of not that special, the question is why? And it's almost like the way DC does everything, right? It's not, oh, hey, we've been working towards this pivotal thing, or we've... We've got this special thing happening. It's just crank it out. And as long as it's good enough, that's fine for us.
0: I think you said a mouthful there. That really is DC's MO. But animated used to be the good ones. Mm Mm-hmm but not. Nah, I don't know. I didn't find and this it, good. However, what was the Rotten Tomatoes score on this? Oh, okay. So I, I pulled
1: the scores on this. Rotten Tomatoes gave it 92% and IMDb gave it 7 out of 10 which is probably a little more realistic and fair. The Rotten Tomatoes to me just looks like, oh, it's a Batman movie. We watched the Batman movie. We like it because it's a Batman movie. Moving on. I don't think <sighs> yeah. that it was really well rated and I'm not sure if that was the consumer side or the critic side. I just pulled it up on real quick. but Yeah,
0: Rotten Tomatoes um, really likes to tell DC to shove it in terms of motion pictures.
1: They did not hear.
0: But not with animated,
1: Yeah, is what I've noticed. Uh, like I said, it, this just felt like they had an opportunity, you know, to open up a new vein and to to find a new way to tell stories and especially to do art that isn't just the same stuff that we've been seeing over and over for years and feeling muted and feeling a little, you know, juvenile or a little more juvenile, I guess, than what, you know, Because okay, I don't know. Like, th- I think that's one of the things that drew me to Hush, again, is the artwork and the style and that it was so much bolder and just visually captivating. And this was understated in every way
0: you're right it lost the heart of hush mm-hmm. and i would say though most of that was in the graphics that jim lee had yeah but
1: but again the story was a lot stronger the story itself was a lot stronger in the graphic novel than it was in the movie
0: and you know it's i understand it's hard to compress it into a movie but it was a really short movie mm-hmm. it was what an hour 20
1: something like that wasn't very long i'm
0: gonna add 20 minutes to flesh it out yeah. I, I really enjoyed the Robin Catwoman issues in the storyline that yep. would, did not exist here. Yeah, and I
1: just I okay. Damian Wayne being tiny baby billionaire with a weird dog that apparently also got a nod when he was talking to Batman. Then talking about like carnal fornicating or whatever he was talking about. Like if you just want to go fuck Catwoman, do it, but don't you know, don't ruin your life over it, kind of thing. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa! You're eight. Like what is happening? It was very disturbing. Yeah, that that part really <laughs> was like. Ew! I thought what he say, like carnal delight, I think is what he said, or it was just like, ugh,
0: don't who talks like that?
1: Yeah, Gross.
0: yep. The Nightwing action scenes were really awesome, and we didn't get those as much in the in the graphic novels.
1: Mm-mm. The Scarecrow was ridiculous. Very good point. The Scarecrow was ridiculous. That whole cemetery scene, did that not just feel like they stole that right out of Mask of the Phantasm?
0: Did a little bit. It looked very similar, especially with the mask. Mm-hmm. But also, uh, my husband's like, whose uh, grave is that? And I'm like, Jason Todd." So then they go show, it's Tommy Elliot's. So I'm like, I guess it's Tommy Elliot." <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it was like,
1: uh, what? Yeah, I was, I was a little confused by it. And then Catwoman and her nose plugs kind of cracked me up throughout because she, uh, you know, after she got initially dosed by Ivy, she started wearing these nose plugs so she couldn't pheromone her anymore. And then she goes and fights the scarecrow in the cemetery. And he's like, wait, what? She's like, nose plugs, by the way, you stink. Like... She had really great lines in this that were yeah. not in the graphic novel, but were excellent, I thought.
0: Yes. However, how did you know he stunk if you wore nose plugs? Yeah, it's probably a safe bet. They kept showing Poison Ivy poisoning people by kissing them. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, nose plugs. I'm right. like... Where was she kissing
1: you? (laughs) Well, she was kissing her. That's the other thing. It was like, why are you wearing nose plugs if she was kissing you? And then the the kryptonite lipstick that Lois wiped off of Superman was pretty hysterical, too. It was like, "Mm, that was cute. he's like, I was asleep for that
0: part. (laughs) Don't remember at all. Please don't yell at me. Like, yeah, that was cute. I'll tell you that, you know, Superman is much less hot on this movie than he was in the graphic novel. So much less. Even Batman yeah. wasn't as good looking. He was like, meh. I know.
1: Disappointment.
0: People probably tuned in for this to see like the Catwoman ass and the Poison Ivy ass. Mm-hmm. And really all you got was Catwoman out of all of them. Even that, like, they didn't focus on much of her other than them kissing. And did you notice
1: it was always her, like, passionately kissing him while he's standing like a statue? And then at the very last second, it's like, he kind of slips into a sort of, like, relaxed pose. Like, like, are you forcing this on him? Like, what's happening? Like, it it is like he wrote it. He's like, no, nope all right right okay <laughs> even though he's the one chasing her like uh, yeah the whole section about well that's when i got my retractable claws and look at all this damage i did to you and i'm
0: like what what are we
1: talking about and
0: normally when they sh- when they show sex in cartoons like this it's like the next morning mm-hmm. and this one literally it was like they just finished because she like had a ha ah, mm-hmm. and then laid and she back and like,
1: back and you're like oh that's too close like, oh i don't want to think about even like *Mask of the Phantasm* when they were like doing it on the deck or whatever, we came in after the fact. At least she had a shirt on, but it's just like, Oof. yeah, why? Weird. Because again, for the animated series, I mean, a lot of the a lot of the you know demographic is kids.
0: So yeah. that's a little. I hmm. think they were trying to pull away from that, but you know, if you're gonna try and pull away from the kid demographic for this movie, you still need to make it as good animation yes. as uh, the animated series, or and as rich a story,
1: otherwise. Why bother? Yeah. We just wanted to add curse words into it. Like that seems to be the I only know. thing they did. Yeah.
0: So I'm going to give this a three out of five stars, and only because. I think that what reading the graphic novel beforehand may have tainted my view of it.
1: Yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I I had put it on a 10 and I did five out of 10. So probably in that two and a half to three out of five star would be right up my range as well. And only because I was even looking forward to watching it. Like that would it, it, if we had not read the graphic novel, it would not have been on my radar at all. Yeah. Oh,
0: so yeah. There's that. <laughs> Sorry, guys, who expected us to love it? We did not. Well, tables turned. If we just watched it, I bet we would have liked it quite a bit better.
1: Yeah, when I was talking
0: to Walker, that was kind of the consensus we both had, was if I,
1: if I have just watched it on its own, it probably wouldn't have been terrible. Though I did ask Paul, and he's like, hey. Like he still wasn't super blown away by it, even without having read the the graphic or having really heard us even talk about it. So, yeah. but I'll be interested the- once he finishes reading it now to see, you know, what his yeah. what his thoughts are. So,
0: well, he'll be lucky because he hasn't been spoiled for the ending. That's for sure. Yeah,
1: definitely not. So. so,
0: all right. Well, I have some recommendations this week. I don't know if you had anything else Batman
1: wise you wanted to talk about. No, no, I'm good. Okay. So the first recommendation that I have actually, uh, came across my, actually, okay. So, you know, I, our plan yesterday was that we were both going to watch hush and then today we would record it and then i I sent you a, a message that said yeah i'm gonna watch hush tonight but we're about to go see hobbs and shaw uh at the episode And you're like same so that was awesome <laughs> we were actually like think at the movies like at the same time which is yeah. kind of fun especially since we're in different states and time zones i really enjoyed it i had such a fun time with it it's not a good movie it's, it's no not, no i didn't need to see any of the other movies or you know i wasn't concerned overly with plot by any means but i enjoyed it i enjoyed enjoy the the love relationship between Hobbs and Shaw. That was great. I could have just watched half of them just walking in slow motion. Idris Elba sliding around on that
0: motorcycle. I enjoyed the crap out of that. I know. I thought when I was watching it, I was like, this reminds me of the 80s Arnold Schwarzenegger movie.
1: Which is probably why I liked it, because it was low on story, high on explosions and muscle. And that it was just kind of dripping masculinity, but not like in a, oh, my God, this guy's a douchebag way. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah, so I enjoyed that. I thought it was fun. It was I'm sure people will be listening going, that's a terrible movie. And I'm like, I don't care. I don't need it to be a good movie. I just I enjoyed having whatever it was two hours worth of, you know, pecs and you know glutes and fun humor. So
0: yeah, I liked it. Mm-hmm. I mean there was a lot of things that you could immediately recognize and go, Yeah, they filmed this thinking something completely was <laughs> different was gonna be happening. Yeah. I was like, why are we in Moscow? I thought we were
1: going to Samoa. I don't need to be in Moscow. Like Yeah. <laughs> like just speed forward to the part where they're all doing hakas and wearing like, you know, skirts. That's, and I'm, I'm a fan I, of that.
0: I kept thinking that too. I'm like, when am I gonna see Samoa? <laughs>
1: That's all I cared about. I was not expecting Ryan Reynolds to pop up in a cameo. That was awesome. And Kevin Hart popping up as well was fantastic. So
0: He I, was awesome. I enjoyed I that love so that.
1: much. It was hysterical. And again, that's what I like about this kind of movie. And I was, I don't know about you, like the trailers we got before ours. I was like, God, I need a Klonopin to watch these freaking, this is why I don't go to like action movies or these mysterious suspense. Like they're just, ugh, they're just I don't want that. I want this. I want this movie where it's lighthearted and they're beating the crap out of each other and they're talking smack and they're attractive in a a non-douchebag way. Like, I just, I really had a good time with it. And that, for me, was
0: all I needed. So yeah so that's- all right then I gonna I'm going to recommend a really stupid movie then. Okay. It's super stupid. It's the stupidest of movies. <laughs> the new Baywatch with Dwayne the Rock Johnson. <laughs> you know what I was thinking last night I was like I should really watch that. Like I don't think it's going to be good. <laughs> <It's> terrible. But <laughs> it's terrible but it's so good. Like don't watch it for any of the no. other storyline. I mean the Who rest cares? of the storyline is stupid. But every second that Dwayne Johnson is in it and he- how he is presenting his himself mm-hmm. Or, mm-hmm. like the words that he's saying are hilarious they understand that it's ridiculous that lifeguards are investigating crimes right. yeah. yeah that's
1: that's how I feel about the Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle movie it's yeah. not a great movie but I still love it and he's making fun of himself throughout the whole thing which is also hilarious so I think we just yeah. need an episode called I Love the Rock because I know and Jason Statham too I fell in love with him with uh, during Spy with Melissa McCarthy because yes. he's playing such a parody of his own characters in like every other movie he's ever done. And they're just funny. He's just funny in that movie painfully funny and i i love it so much so yeah on that same vein did you ever see sisters with tina fey and amy poehler i think that's what no. it's called okay so the movie itself is not that great and i love them both but it's not that great but john cena a wrestler is in it and he is playing like a drug dealer who will also deal like tampons and just all just all sorts of random shit and he's funny as fuck like you don't expect this big muscle head you know wrestler guy it's kind of like the rock when he first kind of broke into this. You're like, oh, you don't expect them to actually be funny, but they are. They have such great comedic timing, which is great.
0: Yeah. And I think that's kind of like all of these recommendations we're giving you. Mm -hmm. You don't go home at the end of the day and think (laughs) that I'm a better person for having watched this movie. No,
1: this, these are not enrichment films. This is like like when we were talking in our Book Lovers episode about we just want to get to the down and dirty stuff. We don't need all this blah, blah, bullshit. Like we we yeah. just want to get to the fun part. And that's what these recommendations yeah. are. Now, I do have one serious recommendation that Paul right. brought to my okay. retention yesterday. <laughs> uh, there is a new Star Trek documentary out on Deep Space Nine. I don't know if you've seen it yet. No, um, I have They've not. been talking about it for like two years. So it's just finally been released. We picked it up on iTunes. It's called What We Left Behind, Looking Back at Star Trek Deep Space Nine. And so basically, it's the showrunners and all of the the actors and, you know, whoever was on this. And they're coming back and they're talking about their time doing Deep Space Nine, how different it was. It also brings in some fan stuff like some of the other documentaries will do. But they also have like a whole theme running through this is that the writers came back together for like one or two days to like script out an eighth season, like an eighth final season kind of thing and so then they go through the whole process of what it is that they would have done and what it is they would do and and it was just really fun it was a lot of fun so they have a lot of stuff with again with the actors talking about their scenes and and how things went and you know how they could have explored things better how they were such a darker show how people didn't like the show because it wasn't as exploratory as all of the other you know actual Enterprise ship type shows since they were just sitting on a space station next to a wormhole Um, yeah it
0: had to be kind of soap opery because they yeah, weren't going it, and exploring it did. Exploring
1: I, I enjoyed it, but I didn't actually start watching Deep Space Nine until a couple of years ago. So it wasn't something that I was watching at the time when I was watching Next Gen or when Voyager was coming out and things like that because it was kind of a stopgap between those two series, like the middle child is what they keep calling it. But it's a really fun documentary, about two hours long, and it's totally worth watching. Um, highly recommend. So go find that one. Oh, okay. I will. I thought you especially might enjoy it just from the Star Trek aspect. But. So, so... Um, some other things to recommend, uh, the most recent episode of Matinee Heroes, Good Morning Vietnam. You can find me on that. I guess start with, uh, Alan and Craig on that last weekend, I think this past weekend. Yeah, I think they're doing a Robin Williams theme for August. They are they they're doing a remembering Robin because I think both Craig and Alan have their birthdays this month. And so they were picking Robin Williams movies and just but anyways, I did Good Morning Vietnam with them, which was so much fun. I had a great time with it. Um, we also just finally had the Tournament of Champions episode that I was on with everything I learned from movies with their Castaway. We did the Batman and I came in second place by a fair, narrow margin to brandon so but the fun the episode super fun all three of the movies that uh, myself and brandon and peter from Podstalgic all put together were just i would watch all of them they were fantastic so lots of fun with those
0: oh good so we can find you at matinee heroes and at everything i learned from movies rss feeds this week as well
1: (laughs) i'm excited we're also we have some guest uh appearances that we're going to be doing coming up and as soon as we have more detail on those we can give those out to you we're going to be doing the pandemic tour here in houston coming up in october uh, october 18th through the 20th at the nrg center and we've got Sebastian Stan is coming, and Milo Ventimiglia, whatever his name is, he's super cute. Oh my cute. god, I love him!
0: I loved him as Peter on Heroes. Yeah. Oh, I
1: loved him from uh, you know Gilmore Girls because he's just adorable. Oh yeah, I always loved Jess. I thought he was an asshole on Gilmore Girls. Well, he I is hated an asshole, him. but so is Rory. So you know, everybody she yeah. dates is kind of an asshole because she, is yeah, she doesn't like good guys. But we've got like the Phelps twins. So Fred and George Weasley are going to be there. This to be a lot of really fun talent there this year. And then a bunch of our podcast friends from Houston are going to be there as well. So that'll be a lot of fun in October. What else do we have? Um, oh, coming up September, we're almost there. And we talked about Shark Month. We've got Shark Month coming up the entire month of September. We're going to be talking about some of our favorite, you know, best and kind of like most ridiculous shark movies. We're going to be busting myths. We're going to be doing some conservation stuff and hopefully fundraising as well. So that'll be a lot of fun going forward. Awesome.
0: Yeah, I'm excited for Shark Month.
1: Yeah, shark month is going to be amazing. I
0: cannot wait. Full disclosure: I haven't seen any but one of the movies that you have picked. Ah, out. Neither. Yeah, I've got um four shark movies, lots of
1: lots of fun stuff. I'm super excited about it. It's going to be a blast. Yeah, it will be.
0: All right, here's our internet quote though. Oh yes, quote. Um, this one uh, I actually found because Izzy uh, from Everything I Love for Movies actually posted it, and it made me laugh, so I saved it. Sweet. <laughs> but it is actually from Twitter. It was a screenshot from Twitter uh, from uh, Jamie Woodham. And it said, shoot for the moon. Even if you miss, at least you made it out of your hometown without marrying someone you went to high school with. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. All right. So Izzy, thank you for that Internet quote, because I loved it. So um yeah, so you guys again go hit up Frankie and
1: Myrrh and get yourself some spray the bitch away to have a better week coming up. Yeah, what's the code? Oh, uh, the code is Nerdy Bitches. You can also, if you can't remember to go to their website, you can actually go to ours and go to nerdybitches.com/slash Frankie ampersand Mur M Y R R H, and that'll take you straight to our ordering page. But again, you can use that code Nerdy Bitches if you just go to FrankieandMur.com. Everything on there is going to be fifteen percent off when you use our code. We love it. We, you know, these guys are so much fun. Their product names are awesome, and their products themselves are awesome too. So we like that.
0: Yeah. All right. See you guys next week. See ya. Music provided by www.bensound.com. And please email feedback to contact us at nerdybitches.com.
1: Dear Penthouse,